From WNET in New York, hi, I'm Tom Stewart. Welcome to WNET Up Next, where we take you behind the scenes for a look at what's happening in the world of public media and help you get to know the people who create our programs. Lois Vossen is the executive producer of Independent Lens, the award-winning series that's seen Monday evenings on PBS. Prior to working with Independent Lens, she was associate managing director of the Sundance Film Festival and Sundance Labs. And as she joins us, she's celebrating the series winning its 16th George Foster Peabody Award. Lois, welcome. To Thank w you so H much, Tom. Next. Great to be with you. And let's start with, with the Peabody news. This is very exciting. What film is being honored? Our film, India's Daughter, which is a look at um, the crisis in India over women and girls' rights. And it deals with a very harrowing experience of a very young woman who was gang raped and murdered. And the rapists were put on trial and actually... Even her defense attorneys defended the rapist mm. because she was a young woman out on a Sunday night, and that's considered sort of open prey. So it's a very harrowing look at, at women's rights in that country and really around the world. And how did it get to you? This particular film was a film that we'd been tracking through our international program. And it obviously, the topic is something that's very important to us. We had done an initiative called Women and Girls Lead, which was a collection of films about women's rights around the world. And it fit into that initiative. And more importantly, we felt it was really important film to share with American audiences. Okay. Well, Independent Lens, you know, there are so many series featuring documentaries that are aired on PBS. There's Frontline, American Experience, American Masters, POV. Could you explain what sets independent lens apart from the others that I've just mentioned. They are fantastic series that we are very proud to be part of the PBS family with. What is unique about independent lens and our colleagues at POV is that our programs, the independent filmmaker has final cut. They own the film. They make the film. We obviously work with them and help advise and give feedback notes and, you know, help them fund the film, uh, work with them on their festival release and uh, often on their theatrical release. But at the end of the day, it's the filmmakers who drive the stories. And they are citizen storytellers who spend years making these films, uh, two years, five years, eight years, ten years. It's not unusual for a filmmaker to spend that many years following a story to go very, very deep. And the other thing that is really a driving factor of our series is diversity. Over 65% of our films are made by filmmakers of color and deal with communities uh, of color and other communities that are underrepresented in the mainstream media, like the disabled, for example. Mm. And how did it come to um, well, Independent Lens is uh, a program of the Independent Television Service, known in our system as ITVS. ITBS. Tell me about ITVS. Well, ITVS, we're uh, actually this year celebrating our 25th anniversary. And we're an organization that was created to support independent filmmakers. The idea being that we need to hear from multiple sources. We need to have many points of view. If a democracy is to stay healthy and vibrant, we have to have public debate. And we have to be open to hearing popular ideas and unpopular ideas. And oftentimes, um, mainstream media, unpopular ideas get shut down mm -hmm. because 
either there's a sponsorship issue or somebody who has influence will not want that story to get out. And so independent filmmakers are not beholden to anyone. They don't have a corporate underwriter. They don't have um, anybody who can tell them what to say and what not to say. So it's truly their Truly film. an independent voice. And um, we, I, we're very proud to be part of this larger movement along with organizations like Sundance Institute, for example, that have really championed independent filmmakers for the past, you know, almost three decades. And um, we consider ourselves uh, part of that vibrant community where it's all about uh, bringing new people into the system, bringing more voices into the system. And, and how does a film get selected, or how does a filmmaker get yeah, selected? We have an open call process. Any independent filmmaker can apply to us. We obviously uh, try to keep our focus unique from other series. So, for example, we don't do nature programming because, you know, the team at Nature does fabulous nature programming. And we don't do straight up, you know, sort of biographies, uh, biographies because American Masters covers that, or history because, of course, our friends at American Experience do that. So our primary focus is on social issues. Issues. We obviously cast a very wide net looking for um, both current affairs and also um, a look back on the history of important social movements. For example, our film Black Panthers mm -hmm. that was on in February was about a moment in our history that is more relevant now than perhaps it was even at the time. So a lot of our films do that. They, have, they provide a context for understanding today's world. And recently you had two evenings, very different films films, a similar subject matter in a way, uh, dealing with police, militarization of police in the peace officer case. Of course, Abigail Disney's film covered so many issues. Uh, how, how did you put them together like that? Um, well, obviously, gun violence is a huge topic in our country. And um, I had been tracking Peace Officer for a number of years. I had met the filmmakers Brad and Scott at South by Southwest four years earlier. And they had talked to me about the project. And I just felt they were obviously really talented filmmakers. But in addition to that, it was such a unique way to talk about community policing. And I had never heard of a film before about the militarization of police departments. So when the film was finished, obviously, it was a natural fit for us. It was uh, premiered at South by Southwest and won the Grand Jury Prize. And so my hunch was validated. And then Abby's film came to us um, similarly. Uh, we obviously knew Abby and had worked with her on other films. This particular film, which really looked at the idea of gun violence through the lens of the faith community, was, again, a really unique way to talk about it and to hear from people we usually don't get to hear from, um, and certainly to bring those voices together. And so the idea of pairing those two films to create a larger conversation about gun violence in America. And ironically, at the same time that those films were being made, other projects came to me, and so we funded a brilliant new film called New Town by Kim Snyder that premiered this year at Sundance, and that will be coming to our season um, very soon in er very early 2017. And it's an incredible look at the Sandy Hook tragedy mm -hmm. and the aftermath and how that's impacted the, uh, the town of New Town and also the larger impact of that particular event. And we have a wonderful film called Tower by a filmmaker named Keith Maitland that uh, looks back 50 years ago to the first mass shooting on the University of Austin mm -hmm. campus. And it's told in a very, very unique way through animation and obviously first-person accounts. And 
that film premiered at South by Southwest very successfully and is also coming to our season. So we have a series of films that are very different ways to talk about this particular mm-hmm. important issue of gun violence. You know, I, I know the uh, the filmmakers have their final cut, but as the film is being made, do you provide a sounding board for Absolutely. them? Do they screen things for you? Absolutely. And do you give them a little suggestion here yes, and there? Yes, that's a huge part. part of your job? Part of my job, and I have incredible colleagues back at ITVS who do the same thing. There's a team of, you know, Nolan and Dave and Amy and Shauna and, you know, Michael and Michael. There's a group of people who do incredible work, and we work with all of the filmmakers throughout the production from the very, very beginning when we first fund them through rough cuts and second rough cuts and fine cuts mm-hmm. and giving feedback notes and helping them shape the film. And, you know, different filmmakers need different help in different ways at different times. Obviously, a lot of our filmmakers are extraordinarily accomplished and don't need the feedback. But one of the great things about working at ITVS is we champion many, many, many new first-time filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And so for them, that experience of having a sounding board and having that guidance and having feedback at every stage of making the film has proven to be very, very impactful. And a lot of those filmmakers have then gone on to become some of our preeminent filmmakers. And and in terms of that open call process, how many submissions do you get in the course of a year? A lot, uh, you know, you know, nearing nearing the nearing the thousand mark, yeah. um, and uh, great projects, many many more great projects than we could ever fund due to you know our own limitations in funding, and we're not the only funder for most of our films. The independent filmmakers obviously are also raising money from incredible foundations that support them, and even private donors and uh, equity funding. So it's uh, that's what's also unique about independent lens and independent filmmakers is they usually are getting funding from multiple sources, which is another way that they end up as sort of the the owner of their film. What's been the impact, uh, do you feel, overall of the Independent Lens series? And how many years are we on the air now? We, we, we are just now coming to the end of our 14th season, mm-hmm. and we will launch the new 15th season in uh, very early 2017 with a couple of specials in between that we can maybe talk about. The impact is, for me, extraordinary. First of all, the, the number of films that we've been able to bring to PBS and to viewers across the country that would never have had a national audience if it weren't for Independent lens. I mean, we have now presented close to 600 films. Amazing. And it's it's a real service, I think, to people around the country to see these kinds of films, little films, small films that they wouldn't see otherwise about, you know, extraordinary Americans doing, or I like to say ordinary Americans doing extraordinary things. And then other films that are on much broader, uh, more well-known topics. But I can point to very specific things. We had a film very early on, I think it was season three, called Sentencing the Victim. And it was about a young woman who was gang raped and Whenever any of the men who gang raped her came up for parole, she would have to go and testify. So sometimes she was going back multiple times in a year, driving two hours, having to retell her story, which was, you know, re-traumatizing the victim. And as a result of our film and that broadcast, that state changed their law. And they now allow, you know, victims of such horrendous uh, crime to appear before the parole board one time and not have to be re-traumatized. And there are, you know, hundreds of examples of things like that that have happened as a result of the films we've supported and uh, having them broadcast on PBS. I'm sure you hear a lot from viewers. Yes. Uh, uh... Well, yeah, and people who think, I mean, our, our reason for being is really to spark conversation. Our hope is that 
in a democratic society, we will engage in conversation and come to the table with our different opinions and our different ideas, and then ultimately find a way to coexist, mm -hmm. which is what democracy is all about, not to all be alike, but to find a way to tolerate each other and uh, to move our country forward. Conversations. Yes. And so we do hear from our viewers. Our viewers are very engaged and very thoughtful and very passionate. And they'll argue it out on our website. Um, and that's a great thing. I find that to be some of the most rewarding work that we do when we see how it impacts people. Another thing that's very unique about Independent Lens is we are deeply committed to what we call outreach and engagement. And that is working with local stations across the country to make sure these films get used and seen on the ground. Mm -hmm. So in addition to most of our films uh, being out on the film festival circuit, we have an initiative that we call Indie Lens Pop-Up. And we're in almost 100 cities across the country, and we pick six to seven films from each season, and we screen them locally in all of these venues across the country. And each um, screening is followed by a panel discussion to feature local experts who want to talk about if the film is about an environmental issue, for example, or if the film is about veterans, how is this film going to impact local veterans? And so those screenings we've been doing since our inception, and I can't even imagine how many screenings we've had now in the you know, tens and tens and tens of thousands. But what's great about those is what makes PBS magnificent, which is our local national mm -hmm. um, paradigm. And so we are very pleased to do that initiative and to welcome people, you know, on a local level to see these films and talk about the issues. I know that community relations here at WNAT yep. has had a, a one long of our tradition. great partners. Uh, and, and coming up in August, and this is something I want to talk to you about because this is a very exciting film, sort of in time for the Olympics, yep. a very interesting sounding to me story. The name of the film is T-Rex, and this is not about uh, uh, a dinosaur. No, no uh, dinosaurs. Involved. But this is a young woman from Flint, Michigan. And she is the first woman uh, to compete in the Olympics uh, in women's boxing, which uh, was held for the first time in 2012, and she won the gold medal. And so that in and of itself is an incredible story because she's not um, your typical groomed athlete. She had, you know, a, a tough a life. And she persevered and she's just a remarkable character, just vibrant and funny and, you know, really, really strong. But to me, the other part of the story that was so interesting is she has built her hopes on, if you go to the Olympics and you work this hard and you pursue this dream, there will be a financial road afterwards, you know, endorsement deals, for example. And we follow her after the Olympics and we see how that is not always, you know, there's disparity among who gets the endorsement deals. And uh, there's some great lines in the film, and somebody asks her, what, what do you do? And she said, I beat up girls, because that's <laughs> what she does. She's a boxer. And they say, you can't say that. You know, the, the corporations won't give you endorsement deals if you go around saying that. So it's, I mean, the film has humor. Uh, it has great boxing for any boxing fan. But mostly it's this incredible character-driven story about a young woman who, to me, epitomizes sort of the fight for the American dream. And she's returning to the Olympics. She's going back this year, and so we've timed the broadcast. It'll be on Tuesday, um, and then the Olympic ceremonies will be that Friday night. That's so great. anybody leading up to the Olympics can get a great look at it. Anything else we should mention coming up soon? Yes. Uh, well, it's a little bit farther down the road, but since there's so much talk these days about that presidential election... Oh, yeah. Um, I oh, would, that. <laughs> oh, that little thing that's happening. We have an incredible film called Best of Enemies by Robert Gordon and Morgan Neville, and it's 
it's a look at the historical debates between William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal that happened mm, in 1968. Sure. Yeah. And at the time, they were television fireworks. Um, but what obviously history has come to prove is that they completely changed the landscape of political debate and political discussion in America, especially on American television. And you look at them now, and at the time, they were scandalous. And now they kind of seem you know, lightweight compared mm -hmm. to what's going on now. But it's another film that has this incredible historical archival footage, but it's also very funny at times. And for us, it's an incredibly important way to talk about how we talk about politics, especially this political season where things have gotten, you know, quite heated and risen to a new level in terms of how, you know, the media talks about the election and how we as citizens are talking about the election and attending rallies and all of that. Mm. So the film could not be more perfectly timed. So Sometime prior to uh, November, but this yes, will be on it's going to be on October third, and it's a it's a great example of something that came to us, I think, four years ago. And at the time, I was just blown away by it. And the filmmakers, of course, are great filmmakers who had done other important work. Morgan has since won an Academy Award for his uh, his film Twenty Feet from Stardom, but it just felt like it was so current and so relevant, even though it was about a moment in history. And of course, even then, four years ago, we could not have predicted how relevant it would be in twenty. 16. Lois, I wanted to ask you, what led you into this world of film? <laughs> oh, it's been an interesting path. I mean, I grew up loving movies. I grew up Small town girl from Minnesota. A, a farmer, a farmer's daughter from uh, rural Minnesota. I loved movies. I used to, I was just telling this story to somebody else. I feel like I'm going to be become uh, boring. But I used to love to sneak down uh, on Saturday night after my parents went to bed. And the TV was right outside their bedroom. So I would turn it on with no volume so they wouldn't know. And I would sit really close to it and read lip. You know, the character. <laughs> and I would, any movie I could watch, Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, you know, Betty Davis, uh, you know, it didn't matter. And so I'd always just loved being in film, but I couldn't really imagine a life in film from that beginning. Mm -hmm. But I went off to college and uh, created a program there that allowed me to at least get into the arts. And I was living in Minneapolis running a writer's center, and I heard about this new organization called the Sundance Institute, and I just became completely captivated with what their mission was and was fortunate enough to, you know, pursue that and get a job and work at Sundance and have a, a great, great experience at Sundance. And then, of course, you know, ITVS and other things followed. But it's been a path toward storytelling. I mean, I really think that what I'm fascinated by is storytelling. And I sometimes think growing up a farmer's daughter, I'm also fascinated by independence mm -hmm. and the idea of people wanting to stake their claim and say, this is what I believe. What do you believe? And farmers are the most independent people you can ever find. I mean, they're stubborn. Independent filmmakers are also stubborn. They're passionate, as are independent filmmakers. But like farmers, there's this real belief that if you care for what you're doing, in the case of independent filmmakers, they care deeply about the topic, and they care deeply about their characters. And through that, they're able to get these amazing stories. And what would you say about your work that, that brings you the greatest satisfaction? Um, I think two things come to mind. One is when we can get a film on the air that I know would never, ever have gotten a national broadcast if, if, if not for Independent Lens. And there are simply way too many of those films to mention. But I feel very, very happy and fortunate and humble to do that because the filmmakers are so committed to telling these stories and I have an opportunity to then get those stories out to an audience. So that's, that's a great rewarding experience. 
And the second thing, uh, we spoke about it briefly earlier, is when we hear back from viewers mm -hmm. and they say, my mind was changed as a result of seeing that film. And those emails are incredible. When somebody says they admit, I was blocked on this issue, whatever it was, you know, I used to not trust the black gentleman in my apartment building, but I saw this film and I realized that I should say hello to him. I mean, simple things like that, but you realize, oh my God, we're really transforming how people think and act in their community. And uh, that is obviously beyond words in terms of rewarding because you really feel as though you're playing a very tiny role in helping to make a better society. That's wonderful. Now, you've had a, a very, very busy traveling week. Uh, 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 Tel Aviv on Monday, Monday. Uh, Chicago. Chicago on Wednesday, New York on Friday. Back home on Saturday, Back home Sunday. on Saturday. But I also understand that you're headed to Shanghai in a few I am, weeks for I am. A, uh, an international uh, festival, the Magnolia Film Festival? Uh, it's, or, or, uh, or? Yeah, I was very pleased and happy to be invited by the Shanghai uh, Film Festival to come and head up their jury. So I'll be heading up the documentary portion of the Shanghai Film Festival jury in a couple of weeks. That's very exciting. Anything else uh, you need to tell us? Well, I would just say that, uh, first of all, it's been a pleasure talking to you and your viewers. I love to, to tell we people have, about we our We only series. have listeners. We do, um, we hopefully, hopefully they're your viewers, yes. but our, our listeners. Your listeners will lead to viewers, and <laughs> or they will lead to our website to watch films online. But I think that um, we're very much engaged in this conversation with America. And so I would just encourage people who are listening to this to try watching some of the films and to write to us and to share your ideas. And obviously, filmmakers out there to know that we're a great resource right. and that we would love to hear about your projects and have you come to us so that hopefully we can maybe fund you or maybe broadcast you or somehow work with you to, to share your ideas with the public. Get the conversation going. Indeed. Well, we have been uh, talking with Lois Vossen, the executive producer of the Independent Lens series on PBS. It's great. Safe travels to you. Thank and you. hope to have you back again. I would love to come back. Thank you, Tom. And thank you for listening. Join us again soon for another edition of WNET Up Next. And of course, you're welcome to share your questions and comments with us at upnext at wnet.org. And of course, do become a subscriber. WNET Up Next is presented by the Design and On-Air Promotion Department of WNET New York. Special assistance today from Ann Oberbrockling. I'm Tom Stewart.